peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Turn our attention to the portion of John's Gospel, 18, chapter 18, verses 3 through 9, that includes the three words of truth for tonight. So Judas took the company of soldiers and some guards from the chief priests and the Pharisees and came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, knowing everything that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who are you looking for? Jesus the Nazarene, they replied. I am he, Jesus told them. Judas, the betrayer, was standing with them. When Jesus told them, I am he, they backed away and fell to the ground. Then Jesus asked them again, Who are you looking for? Jesus the Nazarene, they said. I told you that I am he, Jesus replied, so if you are looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the statement he had spoken. I did not lose any of those you have given me. This is the word of our God. We pray, sanctify us through the truth, O Lord, your word is truth. Amen. Quite a number of years ago, we were at a movie theater movie was one of the Star Trek movies. And there was a guy in the theater who was really getting into the movie. And it got to the climax of the movie where the crew figures out a way to, to rearm a torpedo that's going to destroy the invisible enemy ship. And the ship gets blown up, the enemy's destroyed, and the guy jumps up out of the seat and he goes, yes! And he starts clapping. kind of the way I feel sometimes when I read this part of scripture, right? Here comes this crowd with swords and clubs and lanterns. They're coming to arrest Jesus. And he goes out and says, who are you looking for? And they say, Jesus, Nazarene. And he says, I am he. And they all go backwards and fall to the ground like a big bowling ball just knocked them over. You kind of want to say, yes, Jesus. Show them you're in charge. Kind of a bright spot in the passion history, isn't it? We don't, we don't have much to cheer about, at least until we get to, to Easter. Jesus said, I am he. If you're familiar at all with John's Gospel, that probably rings a bell, right? Seven times in his Gospel, Jesus records Jesus saying, I am Fill in the blank, right? I am the bread of life. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. All beautiful statements of our Savior. But there's one more. There's an eighth I am that doesn't have an object to it. It's really telling. It's the time when Jesus said to the crowd, before Abraham was born, I am. Everybody who heard him say that knew what he was talking about. They would have thought, Moses, when God called him, he said, how are the people going to know that you sent me? 
should I tell them? And God says, tell them, I am has sent me to you. I'll do what Jesus was saying. He's saying, I am the one and only true God. I am one with the Father from eternity. The only being who can say that. The one who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The one who's outside of time. The one who simply exists. The mob was looking for Jesus of Nazareth. They knew he was powerful in word and deed. That reputation had preceded him. They might have even known about the times when, for example, he said that, and the people picked up stones to stone him, and he just walked away. Or the time they wanted to throw him off the cliff in his hometown of Nazareth, and he just walked away. So they came prepared, right? They came with weapons. They came with overwhelming odds. At least 100 more people to arrest one armed, unarmed person. Jesus makes it clear to them that he's not really who they think he is. He's not just a lowly carpenter from Nazareth. Not just even a prophet. Not even just a miracle worker. He's much more than that. I am he. I'm the one and only true God, the promised Messiah, the one who's come to be your Savior, equal with the Father from eternity. I kind of want to say, don't you get it, guys? Judas, what about you? You, you should get it, shouldn't you? You should understand what Jesus is saying. You should understand who he is. And if being just knocked over on your back just by words, I am he, if that doesn't make you get it, well, wait around a minute, and pretty soon Jesus is going to take a severed ear and put it back on, and you won't even be able to tell it was ever cut off. You wonder why didn't they get it. But they didn't. Even though they viewed all those things and they heard all those things, they still got up and were determined to arrest him. We like to think how foolish. How could they not get it? How could they, after they'd been knocked over to the ground just by some words, how could they think they were the ones who were still in control? They were the ones who had the power, that they had any power at all to do anything to Jesus, much less arrest him. But we're like that too sometimes. There are times in our life where we foolishly thought, yeah, I'm in control. I know what I'm doing. I got power to do whatever I want. In fact, I can even ignore God and his word. and He's not going to do anything. Then thankfully, sometimes when we think that way, God makes something knock us fat on, flat on our backs. And we realize, hey, no, I guess I'm not the one in control. I'm not the one who is powerful. I can't ignore God and his word with impunity. That's what he did with that group of people who had come to arrest him. Weapons, probably some Roman soldiers, well-equipped among them. Knocked them flat. Make them think. 
planted a seed. A seed that hopefully, some of them anyway, the Holy Spirit was later able to use to bring them to repentance and faith. By saying, I am he, having the power of the words knock the whole mob over, Jesus was letting them know who he really is, showing his power as the one true God. There was another reason, an important reason, that he used his power at that time in that way. It was out of concern for his disciples. After those who had been knocked down got back up and regained their composure, they came to Jesus again and he said, Who are you looking for? And again, they said, Jesus the Nazarene. And again, Jesus said, I am he. Only this time he added something else. He said, If you are looking for me then let these men go. Kind of amazing when you think about it, right? Jesus, unarmed. Whole group of people with weapons. He's the one who's greatly outnumbered. He's the one that they've come to arrest, and he's the one who gives an order. And they obey it. When those disciples fled, we don't hear that anyone chased them. And we know for sure that none of them were arrested that night. Not even Peter, who had pulled a weapon. Jesus said, I am he. He used his power, knocked them flat on their backs, to protect his disciples. He did not want to lose even one that his father had given him. Jesus cares for us that way too. He doesn't want any of us to be lost. Like the disciples, we're weak. Like the disciples, we give into temptation. Like the disciples, we fail to watch and pray. There's no reason at all that Jesus should want to do anything for us or to protect us. But in his grace, he does. In his grace, he... Make sure that whenever a temptation comes to us, he's always providing a way out for us. Many times he's even keeping things away from us that might be a danger to our faith. For these disciples. Yes, I would say that Jesus did this because their faith wasn't strong enough at this point. If they would have been arrested, if they would have been beaten or imprisoned, if they would have been taken to a cross, maybe some of them would have lost their faith. So he was protecting them. Let these men go. Often the same for us, too. We look back at something in our life and we say, that situation I was in, boy, that could have been a whole lot worse than it was was worse, if God had allowed it to be worse, I wonder if I would have kept my faith. Jesus doesn't want any of us to be lost. He makes sure that he's watching over and guarding and protecting us. By saying, I am he, he was causing the mob to be knocked over backwards on the ground, and Jesus made sure that all the attention was focused on him. He made it clear that he was in charge. He could have knocked him over as many times as he wanted, just with his word. 
Just by a word, he could have had the mountains come down and cover them. He could have had a, an invisible hand from heaven scoop them up and cast them into the midst of the sea. He could have done any of those things, but he chose not to. He's the great I am, the one who chose to become the world made flesh, the one who chose to leave heaven, to come to earth in order to save the world. He took on flesh and blood so that he could be arrested. He came out to the crowd. He said, I'm the one you're looking for. Take me. He willingly gave himself up, knowing, it says, everything that was going to happen to him. And knowing those things just a little bit earlier. It caused him to wrestle in prayer with the Father to the point where his sweat was falling, falling like drops of blood to the ground. Father answered the prayer. He said, it is my will that you drink the cup. It is my will that you be arrested and treated like a criminal and nailed to a cross to suffer and die and to be buried. That is my will. It's my will because that's the way we can save the world. You, my only perfect son, the son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased, you have no sins of your own, so you're one who can be the sacrifice. You're the one who can take upon yourself the sins of the world and be punished in place of everyone else. And Jesus said, Thy will be done. He didn't run. He didn't try to hide. He didn't use his power to escape. He came forward and said, It's me you want. Here I am. Take me. Jesus still wants all the attention to be focused on him. As we see examples of what happens when our attention is focused on ourselves instead of on him. Judas was focused on himself and that allowed greed to grow inside of him to the point where he was willing to betray his Lord for 30 pieces of silver. Peter and the others were focused on themselves, on their safety. So they ran. They forsook Jesus. When we're focused on ourselves, we might find that forms of greed get the upper hand. That we're willing to cheat or bend things just a little bit to our own advantage because we don't think, well, we don't really have what we think we need. When we're focused on ourselves, we might be willing to, to lie, to cover up a sin, to avoid some kind of punishment, maybe to make some friends. Focusing on ourselves may move us to run away from someone who needs help or to betray or forsake our Savior just to escape some kind of trouble, some kind of persecution. When we realize, like Peter, like Judas, like the other disciples, we've done that. We've focused on ourselves and betrayed or forsaken or at least fallen into sin. Jesus calls us to refocus on him. He calls us to remember what he did in the garden. Even though he knew everything that was going to happen to him, he willingly gave himself up for Judas. 
for Peter and the other disciples who forsook him, for you and for me, who often do the same. He willingly gave himself up so that the Father could punish him for all the times that we've fallen into sin, that we've focused on ourselves instead of on him. Those sins are paid for. Now he says to us, I am he. I am the one true God who simply exists. I am he, the one who willingly gave up the glory of heaven to come down to earth to be your savior. I am he, the one who willingly gave myself up to the punishment and shame of crucifixion to pay for your sins, to be your substitute. When you hear this portion of the Passion history and, and you're tempted like I usually am to say, all right, Jesus, show them. Show them your power. Show them you're in charge. That's good. It's a good reminder of who he is. He is true God. He is the one who's in control. He is the great I am, the one who's watching over and protecting you that doesn't want anything to happen to you that would cause you to lose your faith. He is the one who willingly went to the cross, willingly gave himself up to pay for your sins. Jesus says, I am he. And when he does, think, yes, Jesus, thank you for sacrificing my place. Thank you for paying for all my sins. Thank you for being my Savior. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that passes all.